Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I want to talk about sowing and reaping today. And um, I think it's going to surprise you. I really do. Because most of the time when we hear a sermon about sowing and reaping, we, it's kind of a, a heavy message. You're not sowing enough, that's why you're not reaping enough. Have you had those messages before? The problem is you're not sowing enough, and that's why you're having all the problems you're having. And I want to show you that actually it's different. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 20. Then Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird and offered burnt offerings on the altar, and the Lord smelled a soothing aroma. Then the Lord said in his heart, I will never again curse the ground for man's sake, although the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth, nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. What's happening here? is that God put in place some principles at the beginning of creation and man messed them up and it was getting so bad. Genesis 6 says that every thought of every man's mind was only evil all the time. It says the earth was filled with violence and God said, if I don't do something, they're going to destroy themselves and they're going to destroy the planet. And he chose eight people, Noah and his family, and he said, I'm going to start again. And Noah and his family spent over 100 days in this ark, floating on the seas, and they're wondering, will we ever see land again? What's going to happen? Could you imagine? Everything you've known has been wiped out. A handful of people, a small amount of animals, and now the ark rests on the top of Mount Ararat, and we're starting in, and they go out, and they say, God, what's the story? Are the rules going to be the same? The principles, the rules of nature, the rules of us relating to you, is it going to be the same? Is it going to be different? Are you going to wipe us all out again if we make a mistake? What's going to happen, God? And God says, I'm never going to do this again. He sets a line in place. Imagine a tennis court, and this is the umpire drawing the lines of the tennis court. He draws one of the lines. I'm never going to do this again. Phew. That's one relief. Because you know, when the umpire draws a line, it's a rule. He's put in place a rule. He's not going to break that rule. There may be a judgment call. Was it in or out? And then the umpire has to get involved. Or there may be a discipline issue where the player on the other side starts bashing his racket on the court and abusing me and everyone else. Then the umpire has to get involved. But as far as the rules go, I can be safe and secure in my mediocre ability to play tennis that the rules are the rules. I know if I serve it in that place, it's in. Whether I win the game or not, that's another issue. But I know the rules I've got to play within. God says that's one of the rules. He says, um, Nor will I again destroy every living thing as I have done. 
while the earth remains, seed time and harvest. That means planting and reaping. You see, in the very beginning, planting and reaping was a big part of Adam and Eve's life. God had said to them, you guys, I've given you this beautiful garden and this beautiful planet. Spread the garden over the whole planet. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to plant seeds. And every seed you plant is going to produce a supernatural harvest. As long as you stay connected to me, God says, then this life floods through me into you, through you into the seeds and into the creation, and it's just gonna be bountiful. Sowing and reaping was initially designed to be a principle to create blessing and bounty. Have you ever unplugged your phone when your phone is not a good phone? I've done that, I've had a phone for some reason, the one phone I had just suddenly became very, very weak on its battery. And if it wasn't plugged in, within a matter of minutes, maybe half an hour, it would quickly, the battery life would go down very quickly, then the screen would go dim, and I would know I've got about 10 minutes before this thing shuts off. Have you ever had that? No, you guys all have fancy phones. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. God said, this system is designed. You stay plugged into me, my life flows into you, flows into the creation, and man unplugged from God. And God said, the consequence, it's a, it's a line in the rules on the tennis court. It's not me as the umpire coming in and saying, you're naughty or whatever. It's a consequence of unplugging is you're now gonna die. And whereas before you would sow seed and it would produce a harvest now you're going to work hard to sow seed and it's going to produce thorns and thistles and your relationships whereas before they were open and beautiful now you're ashamed and you're hiding yourselves from each other there's going to be pain in childbirth when you're relating to one another there's this weird power play going on your desires for your husband but he's ruling over you what's going on the devil's trying to strike your heel. It's not the umpire saying, I'm getting involved. He's saying these were the principles, sowing and reaping, but because you've unplugged, now sowing and reaping turns on its head. But God in his mercy said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna limit sowing and reaping. I'm gonna limit it, and I'm gonna work a plan to use sowing and reaping. You see, the amazing thing about God is he doesn't change the rules. When we break them and mess up, he doesn't say, okay, let's change the rules. He says, I'm still working within the guidelines, but I'm gonna find a way to rescue you within the rules that I've made. So we know the rules of gravity and nature and light. And you know, very early on as a child, we learn what gravity is. My little boy, learned to walk before he was nine months old, which is extraordinarily young. But what it meant was that he constantly had a big bruise on there and a big bruise on there because he would fall into things all the time. But he was so adventurous, he wanted to walk, but he quickly learned the principle, the guideline, the rule on the court of gravity. He learned the guidelines of hot and cold. He learned various physical principles. And many of us do, but we don't understand that the guidelines that God has put in place are not just physical, there are also other guidelines, and sowing and reaping is one of them. For example, 
Just if we take Christianity out of this, let me just talk principles of life. Can I just say to you, even if you don't believe in God, you don't believe there is a God, you don't believe the Bible's true, you think Christianity is a waste of time, can I say to you, if you don't sow in life, you will not reap. As a farmer, if you don't plant the seed, you're not going to get a crop. As an employee, if you don't put in the hours and work hard, you won't get your salary. As a student, if you don't get a good degree, you won't be able to earn the big bucks. Sowing and reaping works. Amen? Proverbs 18.24 says, A man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This principle is, sowing and reaping works, even though it's been messed up by Adam and Eve's sin, even though sowing and reaping no longer works completely accurately like it used to, there is still a principle in life that if I want to reap something, I must sow something. And this verse says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And this is the element of sowing and reaping that I want to bring to you today. God has done something where he broke into the normal rules of sowing and reaping. You know, if God had allowed the principle of sowing and reaping to take its course, you and I would be doomed. You see, we like to think, I do more good than I do bad. And therefore, I should be reaping more good than I do bad. But the problem is we look at ourselves through rose-colored spectacles. We judge ourselves by what we intend to do. Oh, I didn't mean to be horrible to her. Oh, I didn't mean to be late for work. We, we put a spin on our own actions and we say there was a good reason behind it. We always do that. It's a, it's a bias we have where we say my sowing is, even though it was bad seed that I was sowing, there was a good reason, so I should still reap good. But we judge others, not by their intentions, but we put the worst possible light on them. We say, you said this. And they say, oh, I didn't mean it. You misunderstood. No, you said it. Don't we? And I want to say, if we are honest, and I know it's difficult for all of us to be honest, but if we are honest and we say, if sowing and reaping were accurately applied in life, no one would stand. Psalm says, if you kept a record of wrongs, O Lord, who could stand? If we were going to be accurate with we deserve uh, uh, to reap something for our turning away from God, for our hurting other people, for our abusing our own bodies with bad eating and bad exercise, if we were to reap what we sowed on every level, we would be doomed. And the whole justice system of the world is so weirdly twisted. When somebody does wrong to us, we think they must reap for what they've sown. They've done bad. So how can I punish them? And we think that punishing them will make us feel better. We think that we'll feel some sense of, I don't know, relief or satisfaction if I can just make them pay for the hurt that they've caused me. And we don't realize that sowing and reaping can't work. It just leads to, have you heard this saying? If you apply an eye for an eye, eventually the whole world is blind. Because if we're going to apply justice, and we're going to say you get what you deserve, eventually everyone is guilty, everyone is paying, and we're all doomed. And that's what happened in Noah's flood. But God said, I'm going to make a different way. 
He who wants to have friends must be friendly, but, there's this little word, but there, but there's a supernatural element. And God didn't say, I'm leaving you to your own devices. You've sowed bad, you've rejected me, you've chosen your own route. He didn't say, I'm just gonna let you reap what you sow. He said, I am gonna get involved. And I wanna tell you why all of this gets turned on its head with true Christianity, not weird religious Christianity. True Christianity says this. Jesus comes as a man. God says, I'm not gonna break the rules. It has to be a man, man messed it up, so it has to be a man that solves it, but I'm gonna become a man, and he becomes a man. And then Jesus sows good every day of his life. And he stays plugged in to the source of power, God himself every day of his life. He only does what he hears his father saying. He never once listens to the lies of the devil, the temptations of the devil. He never once follows the devil. He sows healing and generosity and love and life, and he deserves all the blessings that Adam and Eve lost. And you know what he does? He says, I'm giving it to you, sinner and I'm gonna take what you deserve. Here, I've sown all this good seed, here's my harvest, you have it. And what's your harvest? Pain, rejection, punishment, let me take that and I'll die on the cross for you. And suddenly we see God doesn't erase the lines on the tennis court and say sowing and reaping, no, I'll just nudge, nudge, wink, wink, I'll bend the rules for you. No, he says I'm gonna apply the rules exactly correctly Jesus has completely complied with every single rule. He has sown good seed in every single way, but he's giving you his harvest. And if somebody understands that, they become a whooping crazy Christian. I mean, let's boil it down to its absolute essentials. A Christian is not somebody who tries to obey a whole bunch of rules. Because we can never, we've sown so many big bad seeds, the biggest one being rejecting God, that it doesn't matter how many good rules we try to obey, we will never balance up the scales, we will never climb the ladder to heaven, we can't do it. A Christian is not someone who tries to obey the rules. A Christian is someone who's come face to face with Jesus, seen him sowing good seed, seen him offering us the harvest that he has reaped, and they say, it blows my mind, I can't understand it, I don't deserve it, but thank you. And gratitude pours out of us, and worship pours out of us, and humility pours out of us. We're not proud and thinking we're better than anyone, and the desire to obey and serve this king who's given us everything pours out of us. And that is a Christian. It's somebody who has seen this exchange, reaping and sowing, turned on its head. Amen? And when you see that, it changes you. And can I be honest with you? If you haven't had that response in your heart, if you are not overflowing with love and gratitude for God, if you are not humbled and wanting to serve and worship him, there's a good chance you haven't understood what he's done. 
And it doesn't matter how many rules and rituals you follow, you're not a believer yet, but you can be today. Isn't that amazing? And so sowing and reaping applies, but now in Christ, it applies in a whole different way. Outside of Christ, it, it's broken. Let me just describe to you sowing and reaping outside of Christ for a few moments. In Luke chapter 13, Jesus was talking to his disciples. He was trying to teach them something. Verse 1, it says, Then there were present at that season some who told him about the Galileans. So somebody came to Jesus with a story about somebody else who had a bad thing happen to them. <laughs> this happens so much. Somebody comes to you and they say, have you heard about this injustice? And what they're asking you to do is they're asking you to pretend you've never sown any bad seed and to pretend you have a right to be above other people who've sown bad seed and judge their bad seed and asking you to get this weird false sense of indignation and justice like you better and you can declare what's right and wrong. But actually what we need to do is be humble and say, it's wrong, I'll try and fix it, but hey, I'm, who am I to judge? <laughs> Amen. But listen to this. There were some present at that season who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Now this is an injustice. There were some Galileans who were people from Jesus' hometown and they had been offering sacrifices to God and Pilate, the Roman governor, evil governors, the Terrible. He'd gone and he'd killed them while they were sacrificing to God and their blood had been mingled with their sacrifices. Injustice. Who's to blame? Listen to what Jesus said. Jesus said to them, do you suppose that these Galileans were, more, were worse sinners than all the other Galileans because they suffered such things? I tell you no. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think they were worse sinners than all the other men who dwelt in Jerusalem? I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Jesus was saying the law of sowing and reaping still applies, but it's broken. You can no longer see something bad happen and say it's because they sinned. And that is important, folks. That is important. When something bad happens, it's not necessarily because that person sinned, it's because all of us have so messed up the system that sowing and reaping now results sometimes in a person sowing really, really good seed, hard work, and they reap very little, and somebody else sows nothing, and they get rich, isn't it? Ecclesiastes, Solomon's the richest man in the world and the wisest man in the world. And he tries to understand things. But he's in the Old Testament, you see. He hasn't understood, he hasn't seen Jesus who's come and exchanged everything. He's still trying, he's confused. Again and again through Ecclesiastes, Solomon has to conclude, I don't understand. It's like the wind blowing. It doesn't seem fair. Things don't seem to work like they should. I know there's, a, there's the the vague outline of the rules of how they were originally supposed to be. I know that sowing and reaping works. He says, work hard, do all these things. But he says, time and chance. 
He says, it's all meaningless. It's like chasing after the wind. I, I don't get it. We get it now because Jesus showed us that actually he can follow the rules. He can reap a blessing. He can give it to us. But we still have to live in this broken world. And sometimes people don't get what they deserve. Isn't that true? And other people get what they don't deserve. It's broken. It's messed up. Does that mean I shouldn't sow and reap? No. In Christ, this is what happens. We come to him. We say, thank you, Lord, for giving me this blessing. Isaiah 53 says, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We've reaped so much of his blessing. 2 Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. We've reaped, we've reaped, we've reaped, but now... What we do is we take this blessing that's in us. We're so rich with blessing, we go and sow and try to help fix the broken world. By prayer, we pray. You know, the Bible talks about sowing in tears and then you reap with joy. We pray for hours and it hurts and it's a sacrifice of time and energy, but it's so that we can see a change in the world. We give of our money or our time or our energy or our love to people who don't deserve it and who can't repay us because God has blessed us and we see a change in the world. We sow so that we can reap, but not reap for us. We've been blessed. We're reaping for God's kingdom. And the sad thing that I just want to close with is that I think there are many Christians who have misunderstood or ignored the principle of sowing and reaping. So the illustration I'd like to give you is of a person who finds Jesus and they see him on the cross and he's hanging there taking that beating and that punishment for us and he's giving us his righteousness, his love, his forgiveness, his healing, his blessing. And we say, thank you, Lord, and we get a nice little armchair, lawn chair, and we set it up on the edge of this big field and we say, I am saved. And he says, yes, you're saved. But now I've given you these seeds to use in this field of the world. Let's start sowing. Let's start sowing into your workplace, into your family, sow with prayers, sow with service, sow with whatever. Let's sow together, let's work together. And in the Old Testament, you sowed a bit and you reaped a kind of a reward. But in the New Testament, it talks about a hundredfold reward. Jesus said, if you've given up homes and loved ones and all these things for my kingdom, you'll inherit a hundred times as much in this life and eternal life to come with persecution. He wants us to sow and reap with him. He wants you to pray and see things change, to give, to act you know, we, we as Christians think, I'm sitting on my lawn chair, therefore, I don't need to work anymore. God will just provide all my needs. I don't need to pray. God will just do the thing that he wants to do. I don't need to try in relationships. I, I don't need to sow anymore because God has given it all to me. And he says, I've bought salvation for you. I've bought the power. It's within you. But you still have to sow and reap, except now. You're sowing and reaping, plugged back into the source. And now there is great reward. 
30, 60, 100 fold reward. Huge results from our prayers. You know, when we give finance in the kingdom of God, not just because some letter arrived in the post saying, please help this appeal somewhere, but we say, God, where do you want me to give? And we sow into his kingdom. There's great reward around the world and in our lives. And I just feel led to challenge us as believers. I believe we have lost the understanding of the principle. We think that because the umpire has got off his chair and he's come and loved me and hugged me and said, you're my son, and he's, he's just embraced us. We think the normal rules of tennis don't apply and I can serve outside the lines and there'll be no uh, consequences. And I believe God says, yes, you're forgiven. Rest in your salvation. Enjoy the blessing. But the principle has not gone away. So reap, do good, work hard, be friendly. Sow into other people's lives and watch the reward. And so the challenge I have for us is to say, God, where do you want me to sow? Where do you want me to invest my time, my energy, my prayers? Where do you want me to work harder? Where do you want me not to work so much? Understanding that everything I get involved in as a Christian, there is a, a, a sowing and reaping element, and it will produce a harvest. God, what am I using my time for, my money, my energy, my talents, my relationships? God, where do you want me to plant my seed? And be intentional. You know, that's the thing about a farmer. He doesn't just say, well, maybe I'll sow this year. No, he knows he must sow this year so that he can eat next year. He knows he must sow at the right time and in the right place in the field and in the right system and put the right fertilizer. There's a way of doing it. He's intentional and he's expectant. Even though he's sowing in tears, it costs him effort and money. He's intentional and he's expectant. Christians, let's understand we're plugged in. Let's understand the blessing we've got. But let's say, God, where should I be sowing more intentionally and praying expecting to see a result and giving expecting to see a result and if there's something in my life that I want to see changed what can I plant what seed can I plant to bring about that change rather than just sitting back and say God please will you do it amen let's pray thanks for listening please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.